Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 to 27. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. This is the reading. Amen. Morning, everyone. Morning. Good to see you. Hello. Good to see you. Oh, okay. There's a somber tone here this morning. As Sean has mentioned, we're starting um, Thanksgiving month next month. But I think we need a good run-up. And uh, that's why you will note on your little service sheet that we are talking about the attitude of gratitude. All right. So uh, why don't you quickly around your tables just discuss what on earth do you think it is to have an attitude of gratitude? And then we'll get going. All right. Sorry to interrupt your sermonizing. I have been waiting um, just to see it break through. So you start talking about it, and then I see you start laughing and giggling. So it is infectious, isn't it? I mean, that's weird, isn't it? When you actually start talking about it, it kind of starts to loosen things up in you. So I was waiting for some tables, and I saw that there was lots of frowns. So it's obviously a serious issue. But it is, isn't it? Uh, I almost entitled it... Um, Joy is the Serious Business of Heaven, Uh, a title that uh, C.S. Lewis uses. Sean then told me I'm not allowed to use it because apparently I used it in another talk. Um, (laughs) Then I said to him he had to come up with a talk, and he came up with the attitude of gratitude. And then I needed to figure out what on earth that means. Um, So the wonderful thing is, is that it's very infectious when you really start just think about it and talk about it. And that's kind of weirdly where the focus is on this Numbers chapter 6 passage. Um, really interesting when you look at this passage, just how it un- kind of unfolds. I take it God is very aware of how much we need uh, encouragement and how much we need to be able to look at one another and address some of these things because life is, is hectic. These guys have been hanging out at Sinai for about a year uh, after they've been brought out of uh, Egypt. They were at Sinai for about a year, and it's during this time that they were kind of being set up to march through the promised land. Uh, they get their marching orders. They get their whole way of how they need to establish themselves. And uh, the, past, the, the chapters around chapter 6 uh, looks at the, uh, where Israel is, then the, the inner circle, the, the, the priests, and then right in the middle, you find this blessing. So from within, they have to kind of express gratitude and joy and uh, the realities of what God is all on about towards one another, which is quite interesting, I thought, in terms of reading it. But just want to backtrack quickly. What does thanksgiving, thankfulness, joy, rejoicing, and grace have in common? In our 
culture, it's pretty difficult, isn't it? Because I've just used five different words. You know in Greek, it's all one word. <laughs> all has the same root word. Char. Which means favor. Gift. When you get a gift and you didn't expect it, what's normally your reaction? Wow. Thank you. I've got gratitude in my heart. So it's very interesting. So what, we should probably change the name. Now that I've done some work on this, we probably should change the name from Thanksgiving month to actually try and capture what it's really saying. It actually means grace, gladness month. That's what the word literally means. The word thanksgiving means to speak well of the goodness of God's grace. That's what the word in itself says. Eucharisteo, for those of you who want to do your Greek language. Eu, good, charis, gift, favor, benefit. And then the eu is the speaking it. To speak well about the goodness of God's grace. That's thanksgiving. So if you are thankful, it's the same word, just takes away the verb part, and it's just euchariste, or eucharistos, different ways of using it. Fascinating, isn't it? Going further back, joy means chara, which means this is I'm joyful because of the grace of God. Rejoicing is very similar. I'm now verbalizing my joy because of the grace of God. And then the gift of grace is the word charis, that's the gift. That's what you actually give to someone. So it's fascinating when you actually start to play with this, that they all are interconnected with one another, at least from a biblical point of view. From all the good gifts that God gives us, the things as well as himself ultimately, is what produces increasingly as you work it through until you get to this, I'm speaking well about the magnitude of the goodness of God's grace to me. And so when you get to the New Testament, where we're going in this sense, it's fascinating that giving gifts to one another is literally, the word is gracing one another. It's harassing one another. When we give money to the, back to the church or to people in need, we are gracing them. That's what the word is used. We, we translate it with all sorts of other ways to make more sense of it, but it all have the same basic root in Greek. Is this is God's undeserved, joyful, giving of himself and everything that's his for his people, for the world in that sense. So God's grace, we talk about, I mean, isn't that funny? We have a word theologically, we talk about God's common grace, <laughs> as if grace could ever be common. <laughs> um, it means God gives to everybody in the world a space to live, whether you're wicked or not. He gives your ability to work, to see, and all sorts of things. So there's a common grace we talk about, and then there's God's specific grace when God gives himself ultimately in Christ Jesus. That is what we normally talk about when we talk about the word grace in church. We talk about God's self-giving of himself so that we may have life. But God's grace is literally everywhere. If you see a beautiful sunset, you, it's, it's God's sun. And he said, go down. And it listens. And then tomorrow he says, get up. And it listens. And I'm in, I'm in God's grace. I cannot escape God's grace in one sense. Now we talk about common grace. But you see, we've got to add words because it's so, it's so dense, uh, what we're talking about. 
So I want us to turn. Turn your eyes back to uh, Numbers because I think this is quite helpful for us just to have a look at it, to see what he's saying and just pick up on some of the words and we're not going to spend too much time in it, but I want us to just grasp something of the wonder. So uh, the Lord said to Moses, so remember Israel didn't want to speak to God? So God spoke to Moses, and then Moses became the intermediary. He became the, the one who passes down the message. So the message comes from the Lord to Moses, and this passage to Aaron and his sons, because they were the priests, all right? They had a specific task. They had to represent God to Israel, as well as represent Israel to God. So they had this dual uh, relationship. This time he's talking about what does God want you to do on my behalf towards the Israelites? So the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. Now, one of the full things as I've mentioned a couple of times in terms of language, um, the verb forms of these words are important to get the right uh, inclination of what the words are saying. So when the Lord said to Moses, he is saying, when the Lord was fully engaged and uh, fully focused on Moses, who is going to focus on Aaron, who is going to focus on the sons, who is going to focus on Israel. All right, do you get it? But it's a word that says he's fully engaged. He is giving himself fully. And he's looking forward to the effect of him speaking animatedly, energetically. Excitedly to you. Fascinating the word itself. Speak. The Lord bless you. And the Lord keep you. And the Lord looks after you. God says you can't do that. When he spoke to Moses. He said. Be engaged Moses. Be engaged when you don't just say the Lord is good and the Lord blesses you and the Lord is kind and the Lord keeps you. You know, mean it. You know when your kids fight and you say, say sorry, and they say, sorry. (laughs) And you say, mean it, sorry. (laughs) God says to Moses, you can't do that, Moses. And you can't pass this on. So I almost wanted you to play a game this morning. You know the little telephone game? I wanted to whisper into each person, but now the tables are so small. I don't know where the rest of the congregation is. I think last week was too heavy. It was two services in one week. In any case, to actually play a little telephone, to speak into somebody's ear. You know how the message gets terribly distorted. I think the Lord is really worried that of everything he says, this message must never, ever, ever get distorted. It has to be passed on. Did you note that? From God to Moses, to Aaron, to the sons, to Israel. But he said to Moses, you better get this right, Moses. I mean, he's not putting, you know, he's not putting negative energy on him. He's putting good energy on him. Moses, you don't want any person not to hear very clearly with what heart and what fullness of commitment am I speaking to you. So pass it on. So right through this section, that verb form keeps on repeating. It's a PL word form for those of you who want to do some homework. Fascinating. He's really engaged intensely and he's really hoping for the extensive effect that someone has when they come fully alive and give you a good message. That's, he's, he's looking for feedback. 
He's looking for a reaction. That's what he's saying. So I just want to note here, it's fascinating, isn't it? The one thing, priest, that you do, you must make sure that when you greet my people, you greet them like I would greet them. Now he tells us a little bit further. Okay, you got with it? See how fascinating this is? So you can't just say, hey, hello, nice to see you. So good to be together in the Lord's name. Such a wonderful day. Let's really enjoy ourselves. This is the piece of wood. You've got to bring it. You've, got to, you've been given it, bring it. Okay, so here it says, you have to, you have to bless them. Uh, verse 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. So there's an interesting connection there as well. He says, the Lord bless you, which means the Lord gives you favor. It's very similar to the word grace. He's going to come back to the word grace just now. It is to fully give yourself for the other person's benefit. So when the Lord blesses you, he gives himself fully for your benefit. That's really what the word bless means. When you bless someone, you want to give yourself to that person for their benefit. So the Lord here, the covenant God, the God who's made everything, the God who rules everything, the God that everything belongs to, this God says, I want to give myself to you to establish a relationship with you forever. I want to benefit you. That's really what he's saying. I want to bless you. And then the next word, our translations just say, and keep. But it's really saying, I want to bless you in order to keep you. It's a little bit further down the road. I want to bless you. I'm going to give myself. But I'm giving you myself in such a way that I want to now keep. I want to guard this new established relationship forever. I'll use all my energy, all my power, not only to establish it, but to make sure it lasts. That's what he's saying. I'm going to guard it. It's, it's the guy who stands guard and is ready to act proactively to guard what has already been established. That's what the word really means. Massive, isn't it? I want to know you. I want to be in relationship with you. I want this relationship to be forever. And I'm blessing you now in order to keep you forever. That's who I am. That's what I am about. That in itself should, uh, I take it, give us some gratitude, some gladness in our hearts for the goodness of God's grace. All right, you with me? So, yeah, I take it we need to work, we need to practice doing this. We're going to end up with a little exercise at the end and see if we can get it Get something out of it. All right. Next one, he says, The Lord makes his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Again, the first thing you see when somebody calls your name is you, what you do is you look up, and then what do you see? Their face. It's good to see you. So nice to be together. We're going to have a wonderful time. He says, actually, the word shine is actually the first word in the Hebrew. Shine the Lord, his face on you. The first thing you see is the person's face. The intent, their emotional intent is etched on their faces, isn't it? I mean, that's what he's saying. I want you to see my face so you can hear what I'm saying. Because that's what we do. When I see somebody's face, I know, oh, here comes trouble. (laughs) 
They haven't said a word. Can I please speak to you? Can I please speak to you? You know, you, you, you don't know the details, but you know, but this is different, isn't it? And he says, God's face lights up when he comes to you to bless, to keep you. His face shines, literally, with delight, because this is what he's going to do. So his facial expression and his words and his intent and his actions are not in conflict. It's not like us. We are all over the place, isn't it? We are sometimes whatever. You know, my stuff doesn't want to line up. He says when it comes to God, he's lined up. He's fully visible in that sense. His face is shining. And he says, I want to shine on you. And again, the connection is so that I may be gracious to you. In order to be gracious to you, in order to establish this relationship with you that is not based on your merit, but on my desire and ability to give. So I'm shining on you. That's what he's saying. Magnificent words, isn't it? Then he says the Lord turns his face towards you. He lifts up his face. He actually looks up. And he looks at you and then he gives you peace. The result of grace, the result of provision, the result of benefit. Normally when somebody benefits you, you have a sense of peace. So if you add to my bank balance, it's amazing how my peace kicks in. (laughs) Doesn't it? That's wacko. When provision comes, you go, And that's what he's saying. God says, I come with all of me, with all my abilities, with all my provision, and I delight in giving it to you, and I delight in making sure you get it so that you will be at peace with me and have my peace. I mean, there's all, it's, a, it's a big reality that we need to explore. Do you get a drift of this? When you see someone's really glad to see you, you can't help but a heart skips a beat and you kind of just picks up, even if you're pretty down. Which doesn't mean we're never down. I mean, we're often down, aren't we? And I think the Israelites were often down themselves. And here God says, this is what I, priests, remember, this is what I want you to do. Now he comes to the real issue. The last line, verse 27. So in this way, actually the text should read, Place my name as a cover over Israel, and I will bless them. Again, exactly the same. Starts with blessing. God bless you, and I will bless you. Ends with blessing. The two arms, in one sense, of this little section is all about God's delight, God's disposition of wanting to give and provide what we need for life. And for eternal life. I give myself. And now obviously we know this is fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. That God has literally, physically given himself (laughs) in his son. God was in Christ reconciling himself to this world. In Christ he gives us everything that we need for life and for godliness. This is how you need to cover the Israelites. This is how you need to set my name above the Israelites. This is how you will protect the Israelites. It's a funny word, isn't it? 
to set it as a cover over them. So whenever you meet, this is how you ought to greet and welcome the Israelites. Good news, eh? Now the difficult news. Who are the priests? Who are supposed to do this? In, that, in this passage, like it was them, hey. It was those guys. They had to do it. They better do it well, because the Lord says they should do it well. And today? Who's the priests today? Hmm. Good news, eh? You get to declare the Lord in your entire being to the world every day. You are to embody this so that it will show in your face and will come out in your tone of voice and with the purpose for which God has given it. God wants to pass us on. I mean, they remember, pass it on. So, yeah, we all know in the New Testament, we are now a royal priesthood. To declare the wonder and marvelous realities of God to the world. And I take it specifically to one another. This is the one place where you should get at least one other person who will greet you like that. Wouldn't that be good? So we've got to practice, I take it. So no wonder, almost every single New Testament letter starts how? Anyone can remember? How does Paul and Peter, John and all those dudes start their letters? Almost all of them. I think there's one or two that doesn't do it. I can't remember now which ones. No, not thanks, but? Grace. And? Peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Every single letter, oh no, I think one or two is exceptions, that actually starts like that. You will not be able to read this letter, whether it is a good or a bad letter, or it's going to you know, call you up, if you don't know that God's disposition at this very moment when you pick up this letter is so that you may receive the fullness of his face lighting up to give you grace and peace so that you may be with him, be in relationship with him, be in relations with one another forever. That's amazing, isn't it? That's good news, isn't it? Isn't it? Wow. So we can carry one another by actually being priestly towards one another. By passing on with the same intent, with the same focus, with the same idea, this enormous gift that we are carrying around because of what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. That is a gift that is given. It's done. And he wants us to grab it, obviously. Treasure it. Gratitude inside myself. I've got this disposition, which then comes out in thanksgiving, in saying how well God's grace really is in Christ Jesus. So, so how are we going to greet one another church from now on? Why don't you just talk in your groups, come up with a slogan. 
Just think about it. How would, how would we be able to do it so that every one of us know that's what we're doing? You know what I'm saying? We could just copy the Bible, the New Testament, you know? Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's just copy that. Come up with something. Be wild. I'll give you two, three minutes and then we can see if we can find a, a nice one and then we'll conclude. All right, sorry to interrupt your sermons again. Sounds like we need to give you more time. Great, that's a good idea. Thank you, Nicola. See, we're going to need a week to think this through. All right? So by next week, each one of you must bring your slogan or your uh, approach um, and you'll realize it's not that simple, isn't it? Because we are worried that we come across as these, hey, you know, it's so nice to see you. But there's no life on the one hand. So uh, Zahn has made us the, the kind of, a, what do you call it, the welcoming board. It says at one stage you are worthy to be loved and to love. So I take it that's a, that's a very good attitude we should have at church. Uh, you are worthy to be gracing people and to be graced. We don't all come here <laughs> on fire. <laughs> and that's okay. It's, it's not okay to stay there, but it's okay, isn't it? So we can develop the growth that we can grace one another with this enthusiasm that comes from the Lord. But we can also receive that. From one another. Because that's what we need. That's why we do need one another. I take it that's the wonderful thing. So instead of trying to put it on, say, hey, you know what? Can you can you grace me like the Lord graced the guys in numbers? That's what I need. I need someone's eyes to tell me that grace is available from God today. Maybe you can ask for that. When you come to church. When you're weak, we are strong. That's what's a wacko about how God works, isn't it? When I come and say, Lord, I need grace. Please give me a couple of these people in this congregation to grace me. Ask for it. You're allowed to ask for grace. Isn't it? You're allowed to ask God for grace. He's always gracing. I mean, all the verb forms here are in the uh, imperfect, which means they are continually. I mean, that's what he's saying. I'm going to continually grace you. But, and yet, we can ask for that grace. So we can, I take it, we've got to learn to ask it from one another. It's okay to say, you know what? I need to see in your eyes something of the grace and the peace of God for me. That's where I am. I know I need it, but, you know, I, I'm battling. When you give it to me, simply through speaking, that's when the Spirit takes the word of Jesus Christ and bring life into our hearts, isn't it? That's why we speak. I mean, that's why Paul preaches. That's why we talk. We don't only look. We do look. But we ask, hey, can you just remind me about the grace and the peace of God that is available for me in Christ Jesus? And do it in such a way that I can be convinced. <laughs> I don't want to put pressure on people. You know what I'm trying to say. But be honest. If that's where you are. And be free to give it when you are there. 
because that's how I take it, we will grow in our ability to keep on having this attitude of gratitude. Because it fluctuates. And it's fine. We are growing. So I want to encourage you to maybe go and play at home. Maybe when you're in, the, in, in front of the mirror, all right? Go and practice it. How would you say to someone with the bit of what you could remember from the talk, the intent, fully involved way in which God speaks to Moses, how would you say that to someone without scaring the living, living daylights out of them? Hey, you know, grace and peace to you, you know, and like, ah, I'm going to run. How do you do it? That somebody can see it, that they can know it, they can experience it. Think about it. Go and practice in the mirror. I think it's quite a helpful thing to do. That's why I think God gave us cell phones. You switch it on to um, your uh, reverse camera and you practice. You know? Have a look. What do you look like when you say to somebody, Hey, I want to greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ with all the grace and peace that comes from Him. Are we honest? I don't know. And when I do it, you must tell me, listen, your eyes are like, you know, or your face looks like this because I may think I'm doing a good job. And the terror in your face would probably tell me I'm not, but I may be so busy with myself that I can't even see your reaction. I can be so intent at times that I don't really think. So that's what I'm trying to say. Fascinating this, the whole thing. Don't separate your body language, your embodiment. The visceral experience of grace is known as the word joy. You'll feel joy in your body. It does something to you. God says, I want you to have joy. I want you to have gladness because of grace. It should do something to you. And then pass it on to one another. So next week, come with a slogan. Just did you, You're going to try. doesn't all have the same one. I know that some people are worried about that. Got to have something about God, grace, peace, something in there, somewhere, with the facial expressions. <laughs> all right. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that your word reminds us that you know our great need. We need to hear the fact that you are a God that is full of grace. In one sense, Lord, we, we need to see it in one another's faces, as you keep on telling us as we reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ because of the work of the Spirit in our hearts, others can see something of who you are as we speak. And so we ask you, don't leave us just with the concept of grace and peace. Lord, leave us with the effect of grace and peace in our bodies, in the joy that we have because of your grace. Help ourselves, Lord, in our own hearts not to settle for anything less, to wrestle in one sense, to keep on asking and to keep on maybe turning to one another and say, hey, remind me about the magnitude of the grace and the peace that is mine because God the Father has sent his Son into this world. Help me to capture it again. Help me to, to taste it. To taste and to see the goodness of God. So Lord, we pray for this. We thank you 
that your desire is for us to hear again and again and again and in one sense constantly, in a good sense, not in a forceful uh, hard sense, but in a good sense. Your face lights up. It is your delight to remind us of who you are and that you are a God that seeks, as long as there is a today, now, now is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of grace and the day of peace. So help us, Lord, as we wrestle with ourselves and with what happens around us and as we speak on the news and sometimes my joy and peace just floats out the door. Help us to hear again your disposition to us through the Lord Jesus Christ and strengthen our attitudes that they indeed may be full of gratitude that we may indeed be full, Lord, of the grace-gladness that is ours in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, to you indeed belong praise and thanks. Thank you for reminding us today about who you are and how you have acted in Christ. So enable us, Lord, to be bearers of grace wherever we go. But specifically here, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm.